Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the main event. Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, the main event collector, and the Larry Zabisco to my Kurt Hennig. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Oh, F the Steelers. Uh, I, I share that sentiment. At least your mullet is, like, on Hell point. yes, man. That was one of the highlights of the show. Don't get ahead of me. It really, it, yeah, it was. I mean, we need to... We talked la- uh, on the this past bonus show, or no, I'm sorry, two shows ago, uh, last Wednesday, we talked about Ricky Morton and his uh, yeah. award-winning mullet that needs to be in a frame. But this one, man, <laughs> we'll get to it. Well, ladies and gents, we are talking about AWA Super Clash 2. We talked about the third one 
uh, I, I don't know when was it was it last year or earlier this year? One mm. of the two. I don't even remember. Well, the, whole, is, the whole past year is ran together, so I have no clue. I know. Time stands still and flies by all at the same time. It's a little weird. Uh, but, you know, so is the world we live in. Uh, it, it was last year, by the way, the bonus show on AWA Super Clash 3 dropped on Christmas, actually. Christmas Day. That's right. Yeah, we um, we said, happy birthday, Jesus. Here's some garbage. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. Here's Von Eric, one of the Von Eriks versus Jerry Lawler. Hey, that, that's, a, oh, that's a good birthday gift. Come on. Sure, sure. We wrapped it up and, and delivered it to all of our uh, faithful listeners, which, by the way, I hope you all tuned in and liked that one. It was WCCW versus the AWA in that one. This one is not quite such a big deal. I feel like... The I feel card. Like they think it is. Yeah, this one I I think it was on TV. I don't even think it was on pay per view. I could be wrong, but I couldn't find any pay per view information about this show. If somebody out there can or knows a little bit more about it, please hit us up on social media or email us at maineventmarkspod at gmail dot com. I'd be willing to uh, correct myself in the future, but there is some big news actually to talk about uh, from this era in 1987 i usually try to keep it to like a two-week span around the show because there's usually enough within two to three weeks to cover Mm -hmm. but this one i'm going to go back a little bit further into because this is right smack dab at the beginning of uh may so i'm going to cover all throughout april as well because there is a big story to talk about in april uh, on the wrestling landscape i feel like i know what it is also real quick I know mm. we've gotten some feedback for this, for yeah. me not knowing what you're going to say. I prefer it this way, and oh. I want to make that clear to people. I like not knowing what you're going to talk about. Do people uh, think you should know what I'm going to well, talk about? Some people are like, well, you seem surprised in result. Like, yeah, because I don't want him to tell me ahead of time. Yeah. I feel and like it's more genuine. I'm not like rehearsing what I'm going to say. I don't want to. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're pulling uh, knowledge out of it. Sometimes we do some research live on the air and, and everything else. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I like it. I prefer it this way. I yeah. We had talked about second. Like, do you want to know it? Like, no, I don't actually. Yeah. And I, I like it like this, too, because like you said, it's more organic and live on the spot and everything. So and uh, I like hitting you with some of this. It's like, do you remember such and such? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes it's really funny because it takes me back and I wouldn't even think about it. Like, it's really fun. Like, wow. Right. And this obviously won't take any of us back to that time. But, you know, it'll uh, I mean, we are wrestling historians, so it'll kind of remind us of certain things. It's like, oh, man. But. Yeah, we'll get into. I'm gonna be honest. Anything before WrestleMania five, I don't remember vividly happening. So. Yeah, that, that I mean that tracks. I I I get that. Yeah, before we get into all the news and notes, however, uh, I want to let you know that we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. The links are down in the podcast description, and we'll talk about it more in the breaks. However, uh, Fubo TV is the best way to go if you want to cut the cord, which more and more and more people are doing nowadays streaming is the way to go and they will hook you up man legal streaming yes yes uh like streaming services that you pay for all right that's what i'm getting at as far as fanatics 
It's where you can get all your officially licensed sports gear for the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, PGA, and NASCAR. And most of those sports, by the way, you can hear about on the Unhinged Sports Network, uh, all the other shows around there. So and click on the link. again, TJ did call NASCAR a sport, but whatever. <laughs> it, it's on ESPN, so I, yeah, whatever. Either way. It's got pointed out weekly, you know, it's become a running gag, so I'm going to stick with it. I like to be consistent, you know that. Wow. But definitely click on the links down in the podcast description. Let them know that the main event marks and the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. Real quick on that, by the way, get your football gear now, because when the season starts, it jacks up in price. Yeah, especially if your team is one that anybody gives a damn about. So, Or, you know, you're going to get all the bandwagon fans like your Browns will this year. There you go. You better hop on that. Wow, that sounds so weird. Browns <laughs> and bandwagon fans. All right. <laughs> but, it's uh, true. Yeah. So, so go check, uh, check that out. And uh, as always, uh, if you are listening on the podcast feed, please uh, subscribe and leave a nice little review. Five stars, if at all possible. And if you want to listen on the Unhinged Sports Network, that's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then our immediate replay is 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, every Wednesday, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Let's go into our first break here. When we come back, we're diving into all the news and notes from April and May of 1987. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Okay, we are back. News and notes time. Top story here. I figured I'd put this at the beginning because it, uh, I mean, it ties into our show, but it's going to lead into uh, just more news from, well, New York, bro. Kurt Hennig has signed, or has supposedly signed, rather, with the WWF. Rumors were flying after Super Clash wrapped, which we'll get into. Uh, but it's confirmed now that he's WWF bound. Uncle Dave hates to think what the future of AWA will look like with Hennig gone, but they've lost every major star they've had in the past, except for Nick Bockwinkle. So they'll probably just limp through this loss as well. Spoiler, Hennig's going to back out of this signing. For now. Yeah, he'd be back later as Mr. Perfect, obviously. I think he did make appearances here 
in the WWF. I could be wrong, but he I definitely did. appeared as Kurt Henning for a couple of times, but I don't know if it was here. So, because I can tell the you, only his first reason... appearance there was not Mr. Perfect. I've seen the footage. It was just weird seeing Kurt Henning on WWE TV. Right. Yeah, because uh, my dad was strictly WWF. Never watched anything else besides WWF, and I remember him telling me stories about. He said, oh, yeah, first time I saw it, because he used to go um, they in the old, if anybody knows about the Richfield Coliseum outside of Cleveland. Uh, it's not there anymore. It's a field now. But that's uh, that used to be the only arena in the Cleveland area, and they would go there quite often. And my dad would go see them live, and he said, yeah, the first time I saw Mr. Perfect, they, they announced Kurt Hennig. And I'm like, who the F is this guy? Is this kid? It wasn't the first world it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to say, I want to say, so I, was it that, uh, Survivor Series 2, maybe? Might have been Survivor Series, I'm thinking of. But, um, I remember vividly Roddy, Roddy Piper accidentally calling, um, Kurt Henning, or Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, during the Royal Rumble, I believe. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, in the ma- in the match, so. I thought that was funny. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, the first ever Royal Rumble, uh, was in Hamilton, Ontario. What's the name so, of the arena? Is it Rich? It's a something field. I feel like it was close. No, it's, uh, Cops Coliseum. Uh, I must be thinking of the first Survivor Series then. Yeah. Uh. Sur- yeah. Survivor Series. I believe they deb- didn't it debut in 1987 as well. Yeah. 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 It's actually the next pay per view for WWE, I believe, because SummerSlam's yeah, right. not there yet. So. Yeah. No. It was it that did take place. Richfield Coliseum in Richfield yeah. Township, yeah. Ohio. I knew which, I heard that name. Yeah, it's just outside of Cleveland. So, yeah, it, it's got a lot of history at the Richfield Coliseum, or it, it had a lot of history, I should say. Like I said, it's just an open field now. Either way, so that's the first uh, the first thing there. I, I, like I said, I, I like how it's like, oh, he's signed. He's leaving the AWA. Never mind. Psych. And then he'd pop up like and do a couple we know years why? later. Uh, no, I don't. I I, I really don't. It, it, did, it didn't give any details as to why he backed out. So, uh, if anybody knows out there, I don't know if he's ever shared the story publicly, or maybe his dad did. Uh, so I know, for, according to Eric Bischoff, Larry Larry the Axe would go with him even as like late into his career as WCW. He would go to negotiate with Kurt. So he was very involved in in uh, his contract stuff either way uh keeping on with wwf here they returned on april 23rd with a sold out show in worcester massachusetts they debuted a new tag team called the shadows which uh uncle dave thinks is the moon dogs under masks i was thinking they probably sucked and i'm probably right okay yeah yeah uh as well sorry to all the moon dog fans by the way yeah, all five of you out there. <laughs> but as well as Ken Patera and Killer Khan, Missy Hyatt did another set of Missy's Manor tapings, though they're not planned to air. Patera's debut comes five months after a lengthy time in prison, and he reportedly looked terrible. He was in prison? Yeah, yeah you didn't know that about Ken Patera? I did not. Yeah, he threw a... I want to say he threw a, a window or, or oh gosh, a window. He threw a chair or something through the front window of a restaurant. Got assault charges. Wasn't he like a legit strong man, too? 
Yep. Yeah. His, I'm going to assume he did some real damage to that window. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, an Olympian, actually. So, yeah, he was an Olympic weightlifter. So I, I want to say, yeah, I want to say that's what it was. He, he got into like a, a f- skirmish uh, outside of a, a restaurant and just chucked a, a chair or something through the window and he got a few years in prison for it. But well, spoiler, yeah. he's back for the Survivor Series, I believe. I'm pretty sure he's on that team. Yeah, well, he he de- he re-debuted, I guess, on WWE for the WWF around this time. I don't know oh, if he was oh. on TV. So, uh, but either way, uh, Brutus Beefcake also debuted his Cheers and started using the sleeper hold, so he's fully become the barber character. Man, I loved him when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, we talk crap about him, but I mean, I have fond memories of him. Sorry, it's a cop drop. I got coughs. <laughs> Oh, no problem. <laughs> this is not a good sign. See, you do too. This is not a good sign to be having a cough, man. People assume the worst, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, as far as as far as he goes, though, uh, I can't remember who. It, it might have been Hogan or somebody was talking about it. They always had, like, Hogan always had to talk him out of walking out. Like, huh. you know, as. As if he had, like, you know, a ton of options. Like, good grief. I know we just said we liked him, but it's like, get real. Because his whole gimmick when he started out, the name Brutus Beefcake and him dressing like he did, he was supposed to be like a, like a male dancer, you know, like a Chippendales right. dancer. And he thought, well, this is a rib. They're ribbing me. They're, they're trying to ruin me here. It's like, Okay, so Hogan had to talk him into staying then, and then when they slapped the barber gimmick on him again, he's like, "They're ribbing me. They're trying. They're trying to ruin me." And, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm quitting. And Hogan's like, "No, no, no, brother, stick it out." I feel like the barber came on a whim at WrestleMania three. Uh, Vince decided he needed like a new spin to his gimmick or whatever, so he made him the barber. I can't remember why. I know. I, am it, I alone in thinking that saved him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, who who cared about it? Like, and he was a heel as the, you know, for lack of a better term, as the dick dancer. <laughs> Apparently, Linda McMahon named him too because they didn't know what to call him. And I think they came up with Brutus, and then she she came up with Beefcake, and they were like, "All right, it works." Okay, it's uh, random, but another factoid. Yeah, uh, it's all on the Bruce Pritchard uh, podcast about Beefcake. So if you Go check that out. Uh, before we go on, I, I, I need you to say it. <laughs> what, what? Which The name. <laughs> oh, Brutus the <laughs> Barber Beefcake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I actually have a picture of myself standing uh, in the uh, the barbershop set. Oh, yeah. I was in New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah, at hmm. WrestleCon. That was one of the few uh, things we both did, and I wasn't waiting for you in, when you were in line for Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, another thing you got to do without me was you got to see, uh, that one of the bushwhackers, you know, poops and doesn't wash his hands after. God, don't remind me. (laughs) Uh, just a you know, just a a warning to anybody out there. If you ever go to meet a bushwhacker, uh, don't shake your hands. I don't remember. It's the one that wasn't on crutches at the Hall of Fame. So I think it's, I think that may be Butch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I can't tell him apart. 
WWF held a Saturday night's main event taping on April 28th. The show sold out, but sales were super low with just a few days left, so they advertised a dark match with Hulk Hogan and a mystery partner versus Andre the Giant Bobby Heenan, who was later replaced by Hercules. The walk-up was amazing following TV and newspaper advertisements for the match in the final week. So even though less than 2,000 tickets had been sold by a couple of days out, all 9,345 seats were sold by bell time. Ken Patera partnered with Hogan for the dark match. There was a Jake Roberts versus Kamala match to further the Jake and Honky Tonk Man feud. George Steele versus Randy Savage had their last match, which was a lumberjack match, which set up a Danny Davis versus George Steele feud. And the British Bulldogs... Man, you're just speaking money right now, dude. (laughs) Oh, I know, right? And the British Bulldogs won two straight falls over the Hart Foundation, but did not win the tag titles because the first fall was a disqualification. I feel like we watched that for a review. I don't know if we watched... The only one we've we've watched so far was uh, Snooka... Jimmy Snuka took on uh, Randy Savage on the card. I remember that. And I must have watched it randomly because I remember uh, Jesse Ventura was the one pointed it out. They don't win the titles because one of them was a DQ. I'm like, you could have told us this when it happened. Like, hey, now the titles are no longer on the line. I believe it was the first fall. Oh, yeah. Uh, the two out of three falls match at the end of the one we watched was the Young Stallions versus, right. yeah, versus the Samoans or... Yeah, sign me up for two out of three falls of that. Right. Well, I guess that one was supposed to be one fall, but they had so much time to kill at the end. They were like, eh, let's just make it two out of three falls. Continuing on with <laughs> with this one here. Uh, Uncle Dave notes that it was really sad watching Dynamite Kid work. I assume he had been injured at this point. The show pulled it's a... It's sad nine- listening to Dave Meltzer give his opinions, too. But Aww. Uh, the show pulled in a 9.5 rating with a 26 share. This is down from the previous three, but is very good considering it's the first episode not to feature Hogan a, a Hogan match on TV. Ah, a little factoid for you there. First time Hogan wasn't on Saturday night's main event officially. And I didn't work for him, brother. Yeah, right. Uh, dark match. <laughs> I, I wonder if it was like a... A dark match before the show or after? Because I heard he liked to wrap up early so he could go get room service. (laughs) WWF has fired Adrian Adonis. They've instituted a new dress code where the wrestlers have to arrive in nice clothes, and Adonis was just violating this way too much. That's the apparent reason, but others are saying that it's due to gross misbehavior and or unreliability. Blackjack Mulligan has also walked out. Oh, man, that's a huge loss both on both sides. Yeah, I know. They kept Lanza, but uh, Mulligan said, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> and then, uh, well, three years after this, he'd be going to prison for uh, counterfeiting. So there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. the counterfeit uh, chaps, right? <laughs> yeah, right. All right, this is the big story. Well, it's a, it's a two-parter. This is a big story outside of the WWF I was alluding to that I wanted to cover. Unfortunately for Bill Watts, the oil economy went dry in its prime markets of Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. The fans were not able to support Mid-South slash UWF, 
and it cost Watts millions, which forced him to sell out on April 9th. Man. Continuing on with that one. Well, uh, continuing on with that one, though. Jim Crockett Promotions has bought the Universal Wrestling Federation, formerly Mid-South, from Bill Watts. This will probably be the biggest story of 1987, as it leaves the fate of pro wrestling in two men's hands. Vince McMahon and Jim Crockett Jr., who will likely make roughly 90 to 95 percent of all money made in wrestling in the U.S. for the rest of the year. They also have under contract nearly every major wrestler in the country. The buyout also means that Bill Watts will be out of uh, out of the business by the end of the month. Uh, no, I think he sticks around. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. I think he leaves and then comes back. And it's like, why? Because why not? Yeah, so this one, he sold it. I mean, it, it was this was underhanded and like crappy of of Watts, but at the same time, it's like whoosh, good for you taking advantage of somebody's stupidity. He tried to sell the UWF off to Vince McMahon, and Vince went, huh, "Yeah, right." He's like, "What do I get out of it?" Because he, you know, Watts was like, "Well, you can have all my slots on TV, and you get all my wrestlers and." Vince was like, yeah, I already got Nationwide TV, and I already stole everybody I want from you, so who cares? Yeah, and Nationwide's always on your side, so. Good lord. But then he went to Jim Crockett Jr. and said, hey, uh, I I got a big offer here from Vince McMahon. He wants to buy me out, but, you know, I'm coming to you. I'm giving you the opportunity. You can buy it. And Crockett freaked out and was like, yeah, yeah, I'll buy it from you. Man, he fleeced him. Yeah, right, because he got, like, nothing out of this deal. Uh, he could have waited for the the company to go belly up and then went in and picked the bones for, you know, pennies on the dollar. Is it wrong? I'm thinking I did uh, something like this when Toys R Us was going out of business. I bought a figure somewhere, and then we went to Toys R Us, and I saw the figure for, like, 8 bucks, but I paid 24 it elsewhere. No, man. <sighs> yeah. Just, I know it's nothing the same, but it just reminds me of that. It's like, man... Don't always jump at a deal right away. Or, excuse me, don't always jump at something right away, because there might be a deal waiting for you somewhere. Well, this was one of the... I, I mean, JCP, Jim Crockett Promotions, whatever you want to call it, I mean, they... I feel like they could have been more successful if Jim Crockett had better business sense about him. He just... I don't know. He, he needed somebody who had a better mind for business advising him. And I feel like they could have done a lot better. That and also him wanting to expand nationwide like uh, like Vince had done, I think really hurt him. Because they were pulling in good houses in their, you know, in like the East Coast and stuff like that and in the South. But then when they started going to like New York and Chicago and places like that, they were lucky to get like a half a house. But sticking with JCP... JCP slash NWA is holding a U.S. tag title tournament over the next few weeks. It's a ratings ploy. Sweeps to determine the fourth quarter ad rates, which include the in, uh, this it, this coming Christmas, are on for the next few weeks. And Crockett figures that a tournament, tournament brawl, will boost viewership enough to make a difference and get extra ad money for the Christmas shows. That was always a, like a, an old school southern wrestling thing. It's like, 
uh, we got to do a tournament because that'll that'll bring in the viewers. Well, I mean, when you think about it, though, it probably lasted a few shows, so like, you know, yeah, milk a lot of it. I don't know if it brought in any good ratings, but I, I don't know. The U.S. tag team titles always made me laugh, though, because it's like, yeah, they had some decent teams, but it's like, you really have enough tag teams on the roster we give a damn about to have two sets of tag belts? Plus yeah. the Mid Plus the Midnight Express, like, they won the world tag titles for, like, a month, maybe, but they were always U.S. tag champions. Yep. I mean, off the top of my head, it's the only team I can think of that ever held those titles. I'm sure other ones did. I think the Southern Boys did. <laughs> yeah. Well, who are the Who are the two teams that were competing for it on on Capital Combat? Do you remember? Oh, it's uh Doom. Yeah. No, no, they were going for the world titles. It was uh, Flying Brian and and uh, the Z Man, and I can't remember who they were taking on off the top of my head. So, there you go. Speaking of the Midnight Express, by the way, Stan Lane has officially replaced Dennis Condry, forming the new Midnight Express with Bobby Eaton. <clears throat> the best one? <laughs> yeah, this is the one I always remember fondly. I, I mean, Condry was fine, but I don't know. Stan Lane was so much better, in my opinion. Well, he was sweet. <laughs> Got rid of Loverboy Dennis and brought in uh, Sweet Stan. Condry and Eaton won the Tag Team of the Year in 19... The 1986 Wrestling Observer Awards, the very prestigious, good lord, the very prestigious Wrestling Observer Awards, by the way. Uh, The word is that Condry was trying to get out of his contract and looking to join the WWF. It's unclear if he was fired or if he quit. Kind of kind of funny that Stan Lane would later join the WWE as an announcer. (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) according to Jim Cornette, none of that is true. He was not trying to join the WWF. He just went home because he said, I'm done going home. And that was it. I wish I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Another tag team here. The Road Warriors debuted a new finisher on TBS this past month. It's the one where Hawk comes off the top with a clothesline and he clotheslines the opponent off of Animal's shoulders. They did it again in Japan. That'll never get over. <laughs> Who do they think they're kidding? Making Here's a, f- a lot of money with a doomsday. Yeah, this one I thought was funny. I just had to throw it in. Michael Hayes's uh, "Bad Street USA" single has sold a hundred thousand copies. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, I know, right? See, I thought that record went pure aluminum. <laughs> Apparently it sold well. I wonder if it sold well as uh, as well as uh, Terry Funk's record over in Japan, which is a real thing, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did when you told me this. Yeah, he he had a song called Barbara Streisand's Nose. I'm not joking. It's a real thing. Sounds white. <sighs> I mean, you like... don't say. Wow. Yeah, that sounds about white. I never write. <laughs> Speaking of white. Uh, John Tenta. A That's former... not a good lead-in. <laughs> <laughs> John Tenta, a former sumo wrestler with er, and world super heavyweights freestyle wrestler, will debut on May 1st for All Japan Pro Wrestling. They're putting him against Goro Surumi, a former Japanese collegiate amateur champion. 
Okay, there's a mouthful. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, damn. Uh, but yeah, so this is the start of Earthquake. The Canadian Earthquake. Oh gosh, yeah, that's right. I forgot he was the Canadian Earthquake for a while, for a little while. Are Yikes. Canadian Earthquakes bigger or something? I mean... No, he's an Earthquake from Canada, Greg. Gosh. That'd be easier just to call him a damn avalanche then. Save WCW the time. <laughs> wow. I'm serious. Wow. It snows a lot then. That, yeah, that is true. I don't even... Is he even Canadian? I didn't... I didn't think he was Canadian. I don't I know. He, yeah. Weird. Uh, Memphis is about to put on a unique stipulation match on April 27th. This will be hair versus hair in a steel cage between Jerry Lawler and Austin Idol. That doesn't sound terribly unique and even seems obvious that Lawler would win and Idol will have his head shaved. But the unique part is that if Idol loses, the fans will have have their admission refunded. Lawler did, in fact, lose his hair and was, quote, injured by Idol. Tommy Rich and Paul Dangerly. Um, is that Paul Heyman? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I, I I don't know. It's like was he Paul Dangerly and then became Paul E. Dangerous Lee? I I don't know. I could be totally wrong here. If anybody wants to let me in on, uh, I I guess it is Paul Heyman. Okay, yes. <laughs> Did a quick uh, Wikipedia search. <laughs> I never knew he had more than two names. Okay. I know. I, and I thought he went with Paul E. Dangerously right off the bat because he vaguely looked like Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, he was, he was Paul Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously, and to some wrestlers, he was that bastard who gave me the check that bounced. I believe that was his other name. Yeah, some wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently, uh, I, I can't remember if... I know uh, Bruce Pritchard said something about he, he's got, u- like, unique habits at, at hotels. I don't know if he, like, takes all of their toiletries or whatever. When but someone he, has unique habits at hotels, it has to be that. Dude. Well, I, th- I think it's something about, he, like, he, he brings his own towels. He refuses to use theirs. Oh, well, that's just him being germaphobe. Nothing wrong with that. But. Yeah. I think because Conrad was asking about it, and, and I think the quote was from... Uh, from Bruce Pritchard was, I shall air dry. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the F? I mean, have another volley. I do not need another towel. Yeah. My ass will air dry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. WCCW's Big Show is now being billed as the David and Mike Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions. They've got Kevin Von Erich versus Nord the Barbarian for the WCCW title. Oh, man. You know that what that means? Nord the Barbarian is... In seats. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, Nord the Barbarian is a berserker. So, yeah, there you go. So they they really went original with the Berserker, huh? Yeah, right. Well, no, in fact, for like two weeks, he was, he was called the Viking. Seriously? Yeah. I wonder if they got sued or if if Vince was like, that's, that's not original enough. Damn it. I When he walks into the room, I don't get that Viking experience. <laughs> Sorry, I had to fit oh that in there. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Bruiser Brody and Jeep Swenson will have a match. <laughs> People that don't remember, Jeep Swenson was that giant mofo that be, he played Bane in Batman and Robin. And he was, uh, was the ultimate solution in WCW. Um, well, he wasn't the ultimate immediately. <laughs> yeah, he was the final solution at first until, uh, you know, Jewish people complained. It was like, ah, uh, that's what Hitler called, you know, exterminating Jewish people. So, yeah, they didn't make it much better with the ultimate solution. I'm going but. to give, that's one of those offensive things that I give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, that's. I guarantee nobody thought, yeah. like, Nazi. <laughs> yeah, but, right. I mean, I'm not excusing it, but, like, you know. Right. I mean, you look at what they did with Harlem Heat on the chains and stuff. I mean, they've clearly done obvious racist oh, stuff. That does not fit with it, so it was an accident. Right. But. Yeah, that one was like, <laughs> oops. <laughs> but uh, Red River Jack, that's also Brody under a mask, and Spike Huber will wrestle Eli the Eliminator and Abdullah the Butcher. Good Lord. Uh, where if He's the heels with Abdullah on, and I'm watching it. Damn straight. Where if the heels win, Jack unmasks, and if the faces win, Jack gets five minutes to beat Gary Hart. Well, he ended up having it unmasked, so there you go. That was uh, there... always a thing back then, wasn't it? Oh, five minutes along with your manager if we win. Yep. I that was that was uh not not abused so much by the WWF. They only broke that out like once in a blue moon. Uh, there's the Mud Battle Royal with the Ring Girls, Glow Girls, and Candy Divine and Moolah Defector Susan Starr. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Brian Adias, Adias, whatever, was originally slated to face Mike Von Erich, so he'll wrestle Skip Young now, and Young gave a promo blaming Adias for Mike's suicide. Whew. Early contender for the most tasteless promotional tactic of the decade. You don't say. Ever? Yeah. It's right up there with Fritz faking a heart attack. Uh, yeah. A uh, couple, couple more WCCW stories here to wrap it up. Uh, there was some concern on Dallas area radio that world class might be glorifying Mike's suicide and could cause a rash of immediate suicides. About two years ago, there was a bunch of teenage suicides, and the local media is concerned about the possibility that another rash of suicides could follow. <sighs> yeah, that's how things go, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, last story this is here. a horrible decade for suicides, man. Yeah, I know, and and there were a lot of a lot of them named Von Erich, unfortunately. Uh, this one, final story here. Dallas Cowboys owner Bum Bright, yes, his first name was Bum. Uh, just wow. Uh, he oh, has bought. <laughs> he's bought into WCCW. Their TV will change production companies and move from the Dallas Auditorium to a TV studio type building in Irving, Texas, at the end of the month. Bright's involvement is spurring speculation that WCCW might get the cash to hire talent and compete with McMahon and Crockett, but that's speculation made by people who haven't thought things through very well. Between McMahon and Crockett, all the talent you could make something out of is pretty well locked up, so if that is Bright's role, he's 18 months too late. Well, I mean, I get it, but 
Everybody has to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let, let's just say nothing ever came about of this. I mean, they had Carrie and Kevin. Carrie eventually went off to greener pastures here in a couple of years, and, uh, yeah. So went the Von Erich, so went the territory. But that's all I got. Now available man. on Peacock. <laughs> oh, uh, World Class is? They put a couple episodes up, I think. Ah, how about that? Well, anyway, that does it for the news and notes. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to actually dive into the event at hand, which is AWA Super Clash 2. Real quick, again, don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on the podcast feed. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, We have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Yeah, hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Absolutely right. Take it easy. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, and it's time to dive into the event, man. This was in your neck of the woods. It's AWA Super Clash Dolts on May 2nd, 1987, in the Cow Palace in Daly City, California. Still there. I was today years old, by the way, when I found out it like it wasn't actually in San Francisco city limits. It's close enough. The border's yeah, I mean, like a block away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it, but it, it that's like uh, you were talking about like Levi Stadium isn't there either. Well, that's a different story. That's completely further away. Oh yeah, well, that's uh, that's a whole other county, I believe. Well, what's the one down? Is isn't there one in like the L.A. area where they always bill it like, "Oh, we're in L.A.," and it's like, yeah, it's the current really. Rams and uh, Chargers. They're playing in Inglewood, I believe. Yeah, well, home of WrestleMania wants, 39. Nobody wants to say Inglewood. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Tupac made it popular. <laughs> yeah, well, when when Tupac talks about it in his songs, you probably don't want to <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, the attendance for the show was who? Twenty eight hundred. Yikes. Talk about you deathbed, huh? Yeah. I don't know how that was this is another one. I don't know how many people that uh venue holds off the top of my head here. Mm, twelve thousand, I wanna say. Uh yeah, I'm seeing for for hockey for hockey it holds uh thirteen thousand five hundred fifty, so yeah, I mean if if you put in like the ring and all that crap, yeah. Get around thirteen, twelve thousand, depends on how you set stuff up. So let's just say this I I'm I'm gonna use a, a cornetism. It looks like a piss hole in a snowbank. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure who the ring announcer is for this one, but he is jacked. Wow. He's a big, he's a big boy. Uh, Ron, Rod, jacked up. <laughs> Good lord. Rod Trongard is the commentator for this one. He's uh, a very old school announcer, so. Throw that in your Google machine. <laughs> <laughs> right. He wasn't bad either. I mean, he wasn't like, oh my gosh, this guy's great. Why is, you know, but he wasn't bad. First match, man. Rock and roll Buck Zumhoff versus Sheik Adnan LKC. <laughs> uh, went just over ten and a half minutes. I like how all you had to do back in the day was slap rock and roll in your name or on your gimmick, and that was all we needed to know about you. You're a good guy. You're a baby face. <laughs> so they're saying every other music genre was the heel? <laughs> Well, back then, I mean, rock, uh, rock and roll was was it, man. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but apparently... You got, you got two Southern with that one, dude. <laughs> but apparently, Buck carries around a radio, and Adnan smashed it over Buck's head in previous weeks. Cool. Uh, Buck I'm liking this already, dude. Right. Uh, Buck Zumhoff, by the way, looks like that uncle that brings his own beer to the cookout. <laughs> I have to. I, I might have to look it up. I think that was Triple H's very first opponent in WWE. Buck Zumhoff. I'm pretty sure it was. Wow. Okay. Let me throw that in the old Google machine here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. You can't find the right. confirmation of it, but he wasn't WWE as a job. Yep, here it is. Yep, he was the first wrestler to put in a body bag by an Undertaker, and he was also the wrestler who Triple H faced in his WWE debut. Wow. I mean, it's I not like... Feeling, he... I remember that name, because I watched... You know, I'm, I'm sort of a Triple H fan, as you might know. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I know his very first match, so... Yeah, this one... Uh, this was the one... I, I remember this line from Uncle Dave. I'm going to paraphrase it, but he... Like, uh, when AWA was, you know, literally, like, just about to die, he's like... Yeah, you know the territory's done for when they made Buck Zumhoff the light heavyweight champion or whatever. <laughs> all right, all right. You, you got to give the devil his due when he needs it or earns it. Sorry. That was good. <laughs> I'll say this. Not that I was impressed by this guy, but it looked like they were trying to make him matter. So I don't know. I, I, that's all I can say. Uh, But... Either way, the finale of this match sees Buck throw Adnan into the corner. He goes in for a monkey flip, but Adnan holds onto the ropes, so Buck crashes onto the mat. And Adnan LKC then 
covers uh, Buck with his feet on the ropes for the win. Uncle Dave gave it negative one star. I gave it one. Let's say you. Oh, man, this sucked. <laughs> you don't say. I was like, man, we're already starting off with this, which is kind of a good thing, because like, maybe it's going to get better. We'll see. But I gave it one as well. Look, uh, Buck Zumhoff, as we just mentioned, wasn't good, but a non-LKC sucked, dude. Like, he absolutely sucked. So, it's, yeah, I don't know why they paired these two up. Either way, uh, you'll notice when they take shots of the crowd, by the way, there are a lot of young, drunk white guys in the front row that are loud for everything, and they laugh a lot. Yeah. So, that's this just is the 80s, dude. They just... Yeah, right. They're like, how much are these tickets? Ah, Sure. <laughs> night much, out wait, wait, wait. I don't care about the tickets. How much is the beer? <laughs> yeah, right. I guarantee they spent more on beer than they did the tickets. Like those guys at WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, next match is the Super Ninja with Ninja Go in his corner. Which, okay. Again, He's another taking... match that you sound like you're making up, but go ahead. I know. Most of these gimmick names, by the way, sound like I'm bullcrapping you. Just warning you. Uh, but he's taking on DJ Peterson. This went for 15 minutes. The Super Ninja has swastikas on his gloves. Uh, did you see that? I did not. He's, and I stared at it. I think they're supposed to be throwing stars, but come on. It's an effing swastika plain as effing day i'm like okay he's a ninja so i'm assuming japanese what the fuck <laughs> you thought ecw was offensive yeah like <laughs> damn it's like it, that doesn't even make sense but anyway they call dj peterson tnt because quote of the explosive way he finishes matches sure uh wow he wasn't bad, I'll say, and the crowd is pretty hot for him. He almost looked like Magnum TA, I, I thought. I thought that was Magnum TA, honestly. Yeah. Well, get this, man. Ironically and tragically, he died in a motorcycle accident a few years after this. Wow, really? Yeah. Isn't that effing weird? That's even more ironic, yeah. I know. Damn. Had, had, had Magnum already been in his accident, by the way? I don't think he had yet. No. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. I th he might have. Either way, uh, DJ gets a sunset flip on Super Ninja, and Ninja kicks out just as the bell sounds for a for a time. Okay, no, draw. no, he didn't. No, I, I made a note of that. No, I, I think he was counted down, but whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think his his hand hit for three as the I, bell I, sounded. I feel like it did. Yeah. Okay, so it was like e either way. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it one star. I gave it. Two for below average. Let's say you. I gave it two, but that ending just was like, wow. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, DJ Peterson wasn't bad, and he had a good look to him. So I, I don't know. He had a good look, bro. <laughs> wow, he's got that. He's got a certain look, bro. But up next, speaking of looks, we got Sherry Martell defending the AWA World Ladies Wrestling Championship against Medusa Michelli. Sherry in her corner has pretty boy Doug Summers. Uh, he was pretty. 
Yeah, I was looking at him like, um, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Have you ever heard of him? No, but he was an AW. I mean, yes, I've never seen him wrestle, but he was an AWA staple. So, oh, was he? Okay, mm-hmm. I I've never heard of this guy. I feel like him and life. somebody else had a pretty historic feud with the Rockers. Ah, so. uh-huh. oh, okay, yeah, we'll get to that. But this match went 11 minutes. The crippler Ray Stevens hops on color commentary during this match. He's as bad at commentary as he is good at wrestling. So there's that. Uh, Sherry was playing the major heel here, and Medusa was a young rookie being pushed to the moon by the AWA. Medusa has Axl Rose's hair, and she's either super excited for this title shot, or it's really cold in the cow palace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the finale is cold there, I'll tell you that. So. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, the finale sees Doug Summers get on the apron, distracting the referee from counting the pin for Medusa who hit an airplane spin on Sherry. Medusa goes to hit Summers, and Sherry rolls her up and holds onto her tights for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it a dud. I gave it one star. What do you say? Gave it one. I look at the women wrestling now, I'm like, man. Yeah, they came a long way. So long ago. Look, when people remember Sherry Martell fondly, it's not because of her wrestling, Okay. The historians will try to pass it off as that, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, she... I, I don't think she sucked. It just, she was she the wasn't... first woman to really get physical, I'll say that, at least to my knowledge, or at least in my days of watching. Apparently when she got the the WWF ladies title, uh, I think she beat Moolah for it, and Moolah blew her ass up, because I guess she came, she came in like kind of out of shape. And Moolah got pissed and just blew her up in the ring. <laughs> and so bad that she was in the back barfing after the match. Mm. Yeah. Uh, before the AWA title match, which, yes, is in the smack dab in the center of this card, uh, AWA president Stanley Blackburn, who is in the ring, is announced. Then Larry Zabisco is there, and he tells Blackburn that whoever wins the title match, he wants to face him next. Blackburn agrees to this. Larry's mullet is the stuff of legends. <laughs> uh, my, like only, my only note was that mullet. Hell yeah. Like, what else it, needs to be said? It should be it should be in a glass case in like the Smithsonian or something. <laughs> right next to Ric Flair's retirement robe. Oh my god. You said that. <laughs> what? Nothing. Now this next match is, well, it should be the main event, but it is not. It's Nick Bockwinkle defending the AWA World's Heavyweight title against Kurt Hennig in 26 minutes. Larry so, Zabisco's... I, I didn't make a note about that at all, but now, now that you say it, I'm just going to assume this was a tactic in the 80s. You did yeah. say this wasn't on pay-per-view, correct? Right, yeah. This was a tactic with shows on TV, if you think about it. Yeah, I guess, I mean, Bruce Pritchard had said something about, you know, front-loading your car, you know, getting, like, especially if it was going to go late, he's like, ah, put put the best stuff on first, and, because they always did that with Saturday Night's main event, and I guess that's a tactic with uh, Saturday Night Live as well, they try to put their best skits at the beginning of the show. Well, I mean, we are talking 11 o'clock at night, so yeah, like, people are not going to... Yeah, that's true. But uh, Larry Zbysko stays close through this match and had some 
someone has a giant sign, by the way, that says Larry is a spudhead. Sure. I don't um, know what the hell that means. Wayne? <laughs> yeah, right. Is that a thing in uh, San Francisco? I, I don't know. I've never heard it. <laughs> right. Uh, this match is like poetry in a wrestling ring, I thought. It, it's just like, these guys, I love Bachwinkle and Hennig. I'll just say that. Kurt was only seven years into the business at this point, and he's wrestling like a veteran. Zabisco walks over to Hennig. At so he was point. wrestling perfectly, is what you're saying. Well, absolutely. But Zabisco walks up and hands Hennig something. It turns out to be a roll of quarters. Hennig puts it in his fist and punches Bachwinkle with it, and then pins him for the win. This was the undisputed best match on the card. Not even close. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars, but I gave it four. What do you say? I gave it four as well. This I forgot how good Nick really good. was, honestly. I know. Well, the thing is, he's not talked about as much as people like, you know, Flair and and uh, Hogan and whatever, because he was in the AWA his whole career. He never really had a yeah. run outside of it. I'll also say this. I'm more fond of his promos because I've heard more of those and I've seen his wrestle. But I've yeah. seen him wrestle, but no. Yeah, the only thing he's memorable for in like outside of the AWA is when he was the... Was he the commissioner in yes, WCW? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's the only thing he's really known for outside of it, but which is unfortunate because Eric Bischoff said these are like some of his favorite matches with Bachwinkle versus Hennig. He said he just he could watch them over and over, which I can see why. As Larry Zabisco now helps Hennig put the AWA title around his waist, Stanley Blackburn and Ray Stevens get into the ring and argue with the referee, showing him all the quarters all over the ring. Zabisco gets on the mic and says that the ref counted the pin and the decision should be final. Blackburn disputes that, and Rod Trongard tells everyone at home that the AWA Championship Committee is holding the title up until the decision can be made at a later date. The crowd chants, well, I'm not going to say the word, but they chant BS, I'll say. Uh, Bachwinkle gives an interview saying that he hung in there with the younger man, and Hennig had to resort to using a foreign object that was handed to him by Leary Zabisco. Hennig shoves him, and then they have to be held apart. Hennig and Zabisco then cut a promo complaining about the entire situation. So it's a little weird seeing Nick Bachwinkle not be the dirty heel here. That's what I said. It's I like, didn't even know he was ever hell? a face, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, what? I thought you were just forever heel, man. Either way. Uh, Buddy Wolf, or the next match is Buddy Wolf, Kevin Kelly, not the announcer, and Doug Summers with Sherry Martell in their corner taking on the Midnight Rockers of Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and Ray Stevens. This one went 16 minutes. The crowd lost their minds for Shawn and Marty. Stevens got a big pop as well. The heels get heat on Marty for what seemed like an eternity. In the end, the three baby faces throw the heels into the center of the ring where they collide. And then Ray Stevens rolls Doug Summers up with a small package for the win. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarter stars. I gave it two stars. What say you? You gave it two. Are we going to disagree on every damn match here? <laughs> uh, that seems like. I didn't hate it, but I was like, eh, I'm just a little forgetful. Marty just got forgetful. his ass beat throughout most of the match, and that was it. 
Well, he is the genetic of the team. <laughs> Good lord. I will say, if at this point, judging the two rockers, uh, I would have picked Marty to be the, the breakout star. I mean, just the way they were in the ring, because Sean was super green, and I thought Marty had something to him. But Sean picked it up. Marty took a nosedive in more ways than one. And uh, Good lord, what, what, a use, what a word use. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it is what it is, but after the match, Marty Jannetty has to be helped to the back uh, by his partners, selling a knee injury after the heels worked on his leg for like 10 minutes during this match. <sighs> Do you remember all the stupid nicknames of the, the heels in this one, by the way? I know it was Pretty Boy Doug Summers, the Hack and Sack Hammer <laughs> for Buddy Wolf. Hack and Sack. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. I can't remember what uh, Kevin Kelly was like, Mister uh, Mister Magnificent, I think. <laughs> okay. Effins. I didn't catch Just that. Like, yeah, the most effing '80s ass names, man. Ugh, speaking of most '80s ass things ever. Up next, this I may have spoke too soon. It's match of the night, man. It's Boris Zukov with Sheik Adnan LKC in his corner. <laughs> Taking on Jerry Crusher Blackwell with Buck Zumhoff in his corner. Got to get more Buck Zumhoff on the card. This one he is legendary. Absolutely. This one went yeah. 10 minutes exactly. The legendary love, Buck Zumhoff. <laughs> I love how the WWF is doing Nikolai Volkov for Russia with Iron Sheik from Iran. So the AWA is doing their dollar store knockoff version of that with Boris Zukov and Chi Kadnan LKC. They would eventually get them both. Yeah, and if what acquisitions that would be. <laughs> I don't understand the appeal of Jerry Blackwell, by the way. Like, he was over in the AWA. I don't get it. And I don't know if, if he's living, dead, or whatever. I don't know if he is dead, I, you know. I'm not speaking ill of him, but he's not agile or particular t- particularly tall. He's just a big, fat guy who can hit a couple of wrestling moves. So, Mabel? <laughs> yeah, basically. But Blackwell gets shoved into the ref, knocking him out of the ring. This leads to LKC getting in. Uh, um, and... I, I did make a note about that. I'm like, man, that ref took a hit. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? <laughs> What's a little bump? He took a hit. <laughs> oh, I know. He's just like belly bump right out the freaking ring. I'm like, damn, dude. But LKC if he, if gets he didn't in. get like a, uh, a what's that whiplash or something from that, I'll be shocked. Well, he got right back in too, so I was like, damn, uh, tough dude. But this leads to LKC getting in, and the heels both get clotheslined. The ref wakes up just in time to count the three count from Blackwell on Zukov. Yes, Blackwell beat Zukov with a clothesline. Uncle Dave gave it negative two stars. I gave it one star. Let's say you. I gave it half a star. I gave it one, but <laughs> I wanted to give it zero. This match is horrible. Yeah, this blows. This blue ass, dude, like so much. I remember when I was a kid, I hated all the heels for obvious reasons. But like, I just didn't even care about the Bolsheviks, man. I was like, I don't care. I'm sorry. I just don't not even to boom. I know they're both gone now, unfortunately, but just 
Oh, that's right. Nikolai did pass away. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. I have a Jax figure of him. I just got him a cell figure of him. Oh, nice. Well, after this match, useless Buck Zumhoff finally gets in the damn ring to help fight off the heels and then egg them on to get back in the ring. Nothing happens. The heels just leave. Uh, so, whatever. Why the hell was Buck even there? Like, he, he let Jerry deal with most of it. He's like, you got it, Jerry. <laughs> but we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it is the actual main event of this show. And, man, what a main event this is, man. You can see why they saved it for last. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, we're not dripping in sarcasm whatsoever here. No, I mean, this is all real. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> we'll be right back right after this. <laughs> After this break. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want, when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right. Main event time. <laughs> uh, you remember when I talked about the most 80s names we could possibly hear? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even piece it together when you were saying it till now. <laughs> yep. Well, this match is the terrorist and the mercenary versus Jimmy Superfly Snooka and Russ Francis. It went for 12 minutes. For those who want I, to know. Okay, okay, all right. Um, okay, go we, for it. Haven't we already heard the name The Terrorist? Yeah, we hear about it on, like, every single 80s show that we do, and it's never the same person. And the last time, if I remember correctly, it was a woman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she went by the Syrian terrorist and the oh. terrorist and, you know, uh, uh, every other uh, racist thing you can think of. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, for those that don't know, Russ Francis 
was a tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. I did know that, actually. Yeah, right. Well, and he, he makes sure to wear a uh, 49ers jacket. So, you know, he, he really drives it home. I feel but, like he was at WrestleMania 2 in the Battle Royale. He was. Yeah, okay. Yep. Cool. That was his yeah. wrestling debut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's no shock that he and Snooko were the most over people of the night in San Francisco. I mean, you know, go figure. <sighs> well, the terrorist was played yeah, by... Yeah, I mean, young... yeah, good they didn't say Ray Stevens for this match, by the way, but whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, the terrorist was played by a young, svelte Brian Nobbs. And the mercenary was played by the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller. <laughs> You know, know somebody that, brought up a good I know point that on name, the Tennessee. St- oh, I'm thinking of Tennessee Lee. And, never mind. Okay, that's his brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, because uh, this is Ron Fuller. What's what's the other one? Uh, Rob Fuller. Yeah, Robert Fuller. Yeah. So, I know there was Rob. a Rick Fuller who was a jobber in in WCW. I don't know if that's any relation. <laughs> you look like Rhino, so no, I'm going to say no. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, Ro- uh, Rob Fuller is Tennessee Lee, uh, you know, the colonel and all that, and uh, Ron it's Fuller. It's weird to see him wrestling, or is that just me? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Ron Ron was the, the, the one that wrestled mostly out of the two. I think Rob... Is on Super Clash 3, if I remember correctly. I think we talked about that. Either way, uh, but the, somebody online brought this up. They said, okay, uh, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags were both, like, here. Why the hell did they use Ron Fuller? <laughs> I, I don't think they became a team until right before they left. In 87? I thought they were already the Nasty Boys. They point. are the Nasty Boys in, in AEW at, yeah, at some point, but I don't think right here. But I do know mm-hmm. it happens before they leave. Ah, okay. They they are the Nasty Boys there. So. Well, in the second unfortunate sighting of this in the night, the terrorist has a swastika on the forehead of his mask. Again. Who thought they, this was an okay idea? This makes no sense. First, it's on the Japanese guy's gloves, and now it's on the the, I, the Arab guy's mask. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what the hell? Like, did, did Vern okay this? I'm assuming he did. I, Good lord. You gotta go straight to the top. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, either way, things break down early as the heels get the heat on Snuka, leading to Francis helping out, and the crowd blows. When Snuka finally makes the tag, they blow again. Francis wasn't bad, but you could tell they only trained him how to punch, throw some elbows, hit a body slam, and then he ended the match with a horrible top rope body splash for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a half a star. I gave it one star. Sucked. What say you? Oh, man. Yeah, I was like, why was this a dark match? I didn't even think it was worthy to be on the pay-per-view, let alone closing it. Well, you gotta get... One star. The, well, now that you brought brought up the, the other terrorist, that was on Super Clash 3. So they have to at least get one terrorist per sh- Super Clash. <laughs> yeah. Crap, no. the last terrorist walked out. We need another one. Make sure they got a swastika on their outfit, damn it. <sighs> it's sad that I'm not making that up. 
<sighs> but anyway, after the match, all four men brawl outside of the ring. Someone throws a beer on whoever Francis is fighting with. <laughs> Them drunk white guys up their home football team, I'll tell you. But anyway, to close the show, Rod Trongard uh, interviews Larry Zabisco in an empty arena. Zabisco is continuing on by saying Kurt Hennig beat Nick Bockwinkel fair and square, and now Stanley Blackburn is throwing his weight around, trying to screw Hennig and Larry over. Next, uh, Trongard is with Jimmy Snuka and Russ Francis. Snuka is staring off into the rafters, looking bored. Uh, why are we getting their opinions on the world title match, by the way? Like, who cares? You gotta build it up, man. Everyone cares. I guess. Uh, Russ says that Nick Bockwinkel being cheated would be a bad way to go out as champion, and Snuka says that Zabisco isn't above doing things like cheating. Now that they're done, uh, we're done with them, Ron Rod is standing by with a slightly cleaner-looking Crusher Blackwell. Again, we get his opinions on the world title controversy. Blackwell explains why it hurts when you get hit with a roll of quarters, as if we needed this explanation. Oh, well, we got that explanation. <laughs> yeah, especially from all people, Crusher Blackwell. And then he says he's going to wrestle all over the country. Spoiler! No, you won't. Uh, finally, Trongard is with Nick Bockwinkle and Stanley Blackburn. Black, uh, Bockwinkle says that he's confident then uh, what the championship committee will decide about the AWA title. Stanley Blackburn then continues to fade the heat, brother, to the AWA championship, saying that he has no say in the title decision. It's all up to them. Uh, Uncle Dave said that this event was... Uh, that uh, even though this the matches were mostly terrible on the show, it was still more enjoyable than recent Crockett shows in the Bay Area despite the Crockett matches being better, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, hmm. but then again, Was he there, by the way? I'm, I'm willing to bet he was there. Probably was. I, he didn't say anything about it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Well, we're going to take our last break here real quick. When we come back, we're going to tell you the final ratings for the show and tell you what's here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, final ratings time. IMDB gave this 3.7 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 4.5 out of 10. I gave it a 5 out of 10 for an F. What say you? Solid F. Man, this show sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just why, man? Why, why was I it so bad? Like even the match I said was four stars. I was like, eh. Not enough. The show sucked. Yeah, I know. Some of the talent on the show is like, uh, what? <sighs> I don't know. It's uh unfortunate. I mean, the next show wouldn't be much better, but they made a bigger spectacle out of it, I'll say. So, yeah. By the way, uh, DJ Peterson, just a quick rewind before we move on. DJ Peterson died in 1993 at the age of 33. That sucks. Wait, so he was only 33 there, so he was like 27 on the show? I guess Damn. so, yeah. uh, Man, he's the most manly-looking 27-year-old I've ever seen. <laughs> that effing he, mustache. He partied hard, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. But all right, uh, just a look ahead real quick here on the podcast coming up. This will be our one-year anniversary month coming up. So on June 2nd, we're going to uh, dive into Slammiversary, because we've been getting into some TNA lately, and Slammiversary is one of their two biggest events of the year. So next week, June 2nd, we're going to cover TNA Slammiversary 2006 for the 15-year anniversary. For our one-year yeah, anniversary. That was so good. Yeah, I, Spoiler, but it was really good. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'm definitely looking forward to going back and uh, watching it. We've seen a couple there of may, 2006 events so far. There may or may not be a five-star match on there. I'll give you. I'll say that. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not even gonna tell okay. you. <laughs> okay. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna watch it here real soon so we can uh, set up a record date for it. But yeah, uh, looking forward to watching some more TNA from 06. It is also, by the way, King of the Ring month, and to honor our one-year anniversary, where our very first show was King of the Ring 1998 last year, we're gonna cover. King of the Ring 1993, which was the first one. And you and know where that was? Say what? You know where that was, right? No. Was I, I forget off the top of my head. It was in Dayton, dude. Yeah, Dayton. Uh, yeah, Dayton. <laughs> oh, man. How, how could I forget? Oh, that makes it even more special. It was at the <laughs> Nutter Center. Uh. And, and to make it even more special on top of that, being in, yeah, Dayton, and being the first one, and being our one-year anniversary, on top of all that, we may or may not have a third chair sit in on this uh, on this podcast. So, looking forward to that. That'll be the first time we'll have a three-man booth, so to speak. But that uh, may or may not happen. We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, June 16th, we're going to get into some Great American Bash from WCW. We're covering the one from 1991. That'll be the 30-year anniversary. Yeah, um, one of my all-time favorite events for one moment. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, this one had, well, it was supposed to be Ric Flair versus Lex Luger, but Flair had quit right before this event. So... Oh, I'm sorry, you got to renege. It's not this event. <laughs> it's 90. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I was like, I think you're thinking of 90. But right. Yeah. No. So, yeah, uh, Flair pulled out because uh, he went uh, up. But north, don't worry, brother. Charlotte's still born. Oh. Wow. Good Lord. But yeah, so Lex Luger is still, well, he's not in the main event, but he is in one of the second to main event in the world title match uh, against another horseman. And then we get oh, really? two. Yeah, yeah, the guy Ric Flair wishes he was. Uh, and hey, El Higante's on the show, man. Oh, yes. Oh. And Big Josh. Oh, man. Dude. Dude, that's Giant Gonzalez versus Doink, man. Sign me up. Well, no, no, they're not facing each other, but they're on the same card. So it's 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 great. Ricky Morton has become Richard Morton. The Diamond Studs Dude, wrestling. the York Foundation. I'm in. We get I'm more excited, Diamond Studs. PN News is in the opening match. We get more Oz. I mean, oh, man. Looking forward to this. And Brian, uh, Brian Pillman is in a mask. As the yellow dog. <laughs> Hell yes. But anyway, that's... Um, it's just funny to me, too, like, Big Josh and Elegante, they all... It was one where he said, they all be at WrestleMania 9 in a couple of years. Man, they'd be uh, getting all that talent. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love how Vince clearly cherry-picked the good guys from, <laughs> you know... Good Lord. Yeah, so that's coming up on this June 16th. That is the 30-year anniversary of that show. And on the 23rd of June, we're covering King of the Ring 1996. This is the 25-year anniversary. And this is the one with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin being crowned the King of the Ring. It was supposed to be Triple H, but, you know, the curtain call happened and he's being punished for it. I think it all worked out in the end, though. Yeah, for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, Triple H won the next year and uh, uh, proceeded to destroy like 500 crowns. Oh, whatever. Uh, the bonus show, by the way, is another Great American Bash one, man. Do you remember which one I said we're covering? No. 2000. Uh, well, it could have been 2004. Okay, it's still not that bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we're, we're covering Great American Bash 2000. That was the final Great American Bash under the WCW banner. And uh, what a show it was, man. Bro, he's going to turn heel, bro. We get we get Hulk, Hollywood Hogan versus Billy Kidman. We get a human torch match between Vampiro and Sting. Ric Flair versus David Flair. I mean, good, good stuff, man. And Booker T is G.I. Bro on the show. Yeah, he's one month away from the world title, though, so, you know, he's got that to look forward to. Is this the one where Goldberg turns heel, or is he already heel? I'm not sure. You'll, you'll, all have to, you'll all have to hashtag stay tuned. I'm pretty sure it's this one. Yeah, um, let's see. Yeah, okay. Uh, he, he If he wasn't heel, he turns heel, so. What's he doing on this one? Uh, he's not in the match, so he's... Right, he's okay, in, yeah, you definitely... Turns heel and he's not in a match, definitely, because he turns heel wearing that stupid cutoff vest thing. So yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and 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 hey, man, the first match on the show 
is uh, Lieutenant Loco versus Disco with a Q. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say to that. <laughs> Come on, man. I may that's have a... to watch this one first just to get it the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to close out the month is another Slammiversary. We're going with Slammiversary 2013, which is Slammiversary 11. That is... This one? It is a last chance, no hold hard match for the TNA title between Bully Ray and Sting. Okay, I hadn't, I hadn't quite stopped watching Impact yet, so okay. No, I think you and I both dropped out the very next year because that's when everything started uh, really going to pot. Now, Kurt Angle takes on AJ Styles. Taryn Terrell takes on Gil Kim in a match that is better than you would expect. We get uh, for a couple of reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. We get four two... specific. Anyways, <laughs> wow. We get two count them two matches for the TNA TV title. Gut check finals between Jay Bradley and the man who would go on to become Dexter Loomis. And uh, yeah, so and and the the show opens with Ultimate X, by the way, for the exhibition title. It's Chris Sabin, Kenny King, and Suicide. Which suicide? Uh, he's uh, T.J. Perkins. So there you go. But anyway, that does it for June. It is a five-week or five-Wednesday month, so you're going to get six shows, including bonus. So that does it. So thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to check us out on unhingedsn.airtime.pro every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And don't forget to subscribe and review. We'll see you all next week to start off June. Enjoy! Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 